a story I teased. I'll explain why in just a little bit. I was all excited about it, but I had to change my mind. Oh, really? That was the explosive book coming out about the Clintons. Oh, yeah? Stay tuned. Okay. All right. Stories we probably won't get to today. Uruguay attempting to mark the anniversary of the 1972 Andes air disaster. One of the participating planes crashed. No way. And also Canada erects a Holocaust memorial and forgets to mention Jews. So anyway, silly foreigners. Oversight. With their efforts at commemorations. So uh, Harvey Weinstein, the scandal continues to echo throughout Hollywood where everybody covered for him for a very long time because he was powerful even as they were pretending to be super into women's rights. Now... The green light is, has been lit for women to come out and, and, and mention, yeah, he's a pig and a perv, and he, he perved on me, too, and I hated it. Um, although, the anger is not just at Weinstein. It would seem that, and Jack broke this story yesterday by finding it in the New York Times, I think. Um, that, or, or who broke the story about the New York Times story? What story are we talking about? The, how they spiked the story about Harvey Weinstein back in 04. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember where that came from. Well, I'll, I'll figure that out. Anyway, so um, Sharon Waxman worked for the New York Times, I believe, at the time, and she revealed in a post on The Wrap that she had been working about an expose for the New York Times, had been working on it for a long time, had all her ducks in a row and a quacken, when none other than Matt Damon and Russell Crowe called her to try to force her to bury the piece. And then, as I understand it, they went to the management of the New York Times, well, that... and all of a sudden the story was cut and nobody would explain to her why. Well, the story that I was reporting yesterday was that Weinstein showed up to the offices of the New York Times. She had Matt Damon and Russell Crowe weighing in, and Harvey Weinstein himself showed up at the New York Times saying all that advertising money I spend on your newspaper is going away if you run this false story about me. And for whatever reason, they backed down. Uh, so anyway, uh, this Sharon would, Waxman woman. What would Matt Damon and Russell Crowe have to say? What, did they come in and say, look, I've known this guy forever and he's a great guy? Did they do that routine? Maybe I, they believed it? I honestly don't know. Uh, maybe they both had big movies coming out. And then they just, you know, they're both fairly bright guys. And they found something to say, some threat, some promise, some... If this story uh-huh. lands right when your movie's premiering, it but could that, be... That's, that's uh, interesting. We could have the greatest break of our career... I wouldn't cover up for a a guy who's doing that sort of thing. I just wouldn't. I can't. Well, I sure wouldn't go to the New York Times and demand they spike it. I, mean, I might not. One, go, they'd say, "Who are you?" I might not go out of my way to uh, to to ruin his life if I was just hearing the rumors and everything like that. Well, right. But I'm yeah. not going to call up the organization and say, "Hey, don't do it." Rush Limbaugh has a fatal heart attack, and and and, and various company heavyweights step up and say, "Angie, you you've been the next big thing now for 15 years. It's time for you to be the next big thing. We're hiring you." And then we get word that that very radio executive is a huge perv. What does Jack Armstrong do? He talks big. What does he do? Tell us, Jack. Well, I probably don't do anything. There I've you go. And your does nothing. Allows no, it to I've, continue. I've heard, Some friend of womankind you are, you coward. I've heard rumors that he's a perv. That's all I've got. But Maybe you witnessed his very perving. But if the New York Times is about to do a story on him, I don't call them up and say, don't, don't do the story. He's a great guy. I've met him. 
I, that's crazy. But again, I have no idea. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, Sharon Waxman says, but or will at some point. But so <clears throat> she was tweeting this morning. Hey, at Matt Damon, what's it like to be a spineless profiteer who stays silent? Hours after calling on the entire board to step down for being complicit. McGowan also acknowledged a few of Damon's similarly tongue-tied pals, tweeting, Ben Affleck, Casey Affleck, how's your morning, boys? Wow. Wow. Waxman said in her piece that Damon and Crow called her after she managed to get multiple sources stating on the record that an Italian man being paid $400,000 by the company knew little about film and was better known for the, quote, evenings he organized with Russian escorts. Yeah, so th- this is a story that the the head of the Italian branch of the Weinstein Company was essentially just a party planner. So you had and he was a pimp. Yeah, but when you're super rich and powerful, you have to pay somebody four hundred thousand dollars to arrange uh, parties with hotties to show. You're up to busy. Us. Well, yeah, I would. And degrees of <laughs> degrees of separation. You can't be oh. the guy going to buy the drugs. You get right. somebody to do gotcha. that and bring them to. And you. when was the last time you pr- planned a party? It's a pain. I I don't plan right. parties. You, you say to you say to Luigi, Luigi, <laughs> listen. Luigi, <laughs> I'm I'm partying. He say yeah, that's a spicy meatball. Oh, boss, that's that sounds like a great party. <laughs> so you get Luigi. You tell him. You tell him. Look, Bill Clinton's coming over. That Jeffrey Epstein perv's coming over. We got uh, Trump. Who knows who's coming over? I we need uh, we need uh, some heavy hors d'oeuvres. We need some liquor. We need some Russian girls. You know the whole thing. We need heavy hors d'oeuvres and light women. I'm on at the boss. I get that done for you. You see, <laughs> I'm only like forty percent to be a character witness for my best of friends. Zero chance I do it for any sort of business associate. Well, and you just—I mean, unless you've like been in the room when he's doing it. You hear rumors about lots of people, but you don't know. It's, I mean, you don't have enough details to like get active with it. So, like, call the cops or anything. Right, right, right. Listen, you could warn the gals and tell them, "Hey, yeah. look, careful." Or you could not do business with the person or that sort of thing right. if you believe it. But you wouldn't have enough. But I don't. I can't imagine getting involved in trying to stop their downfall. Multiple sources told Ms. Waxman that Fabrizio Lombardo, that's the right, boss, who headed up Miramax Italy, was actually put on the payroll to get whores for Weinstein. He made four hundred grand lining up uh, Russian gals. Well, if he's getting that's good pay. whores, why is he coming on to legit actresses and, and let, making them watch him shower? It's probably, well, according to you know some authorities, it's a power thing. It's uh, like you're you know, right. rape you're is right. not sexual right. satisfaction, it's, it's power. I don't, you know, it's funny. I've just—it's hard for me to relate to. I've never had that. No, uh, I've never had either. that urge. You want the power? I can have the power. We can give the power to somebody else as long as we have sex. I'm good. Yeah. You know? uh, the, yeah. That's right. The whole the whole shower thing, the demean thing. That's a I can do it because I'm a powerful person thing, which right. I don't get. Yeah, but wax- it clearly exists. Uh, Waxman also tracked down a woman in London who said she'd been paid off after an unwanted sexual encounter with Weinstein. She revealed that while the reporting was going well, she began to hit a different roadblock once Weinstein learned that the Times was working on a negative story. This is when the executive got to work trying to kill it, using Damon and Crow to help him by vouching for Lombardo. I think if you're a man... Oh, so those guys came in and said, uh, 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 yeah, old uh, Chica Marks over there is... Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, no, he's, he knows, oh my God, he's a great movie. He knows everything about movies. The scenery, the, the whole script thing, he's up on all of it. The score, he loves the score. Oh, the score, that's the music. He knows that. I think if you're Matt Damon, you got to come out and say something today. 
about this, don't you? The two men both appeared in Miramax films produced by Weinstein around that time. Damon in The Brothers Grimm, who could forget that one? And Crow in Master and Commander. Master Bader and Commander, more like. hey Yeah, that that is weird. The kind of guy who would uh, brag to his friends or or just feel satisfied himself that, yeah, that 23-year-old act- actress, I got her to watch me take a shower. That, to me, is more twisted and sick than... Would you have sex with me if I put you in a movie? I get the logic of that, even sure. though it's not cool. But the whole, yeah, I got her to watch me take a shower. You're so twisted right. in your needs of manipulating people and power and stuff like that. that is just, that's creepy. Damon and the Aflac boys all owe their careers to Weinstein. He got behind Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. I Back mean, in the day. Yep. But I just, yeah. Well, that, so they Damon's, Matt Damon's got to come out and say something about that. All right, here's here's a little case study for you. This is this is simply uh, you know a little uh, ethics training course. I'm Harvey, Harvey Weinstein in this uh, scenario. I say to a young actress, number one, let's have a meeting. Then it turns out to be in my hotel suite. You're, which in, you're in your robe already is super icky. No, I'm wearing clothes. Right, you're, you're not clothes. good at tying the knot in the robe. You know what? It falls <laughs> open all the time. I've never been good at knots. I wasn't a Boy Scout. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my penis. Take another look. <laughs> Brought himself out. That's right. No, okay. So we have a meeting somewhere normal in a meeting room, for instance, and I say to her, "Look, there are a lot of young actresses like you. You're very pretty. You're very talented. But there are a lot of women like you, and uh, and 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 we're gonna have a bunch of people audition." If you have sex with me, I will get you a part in the movie. If you do not want to have sex, that is completely fine. No hard feelings whatsoever. Here's the casting director. We're doing auditions at 2 o'clock Friday. So go on down, and I wish you nothing but the best. Now, how pervy is that? Or is that just... Because, you know, a woman's moral code gets to have a hearing, too. I mean, if a woman comes into my office and says, you know, well, see, that's... That's a, just legalizing when, when you, prostitution, isn't it? <laughs> if you please. have sex with me, I'll what give you the part. What am I, a child over here? <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of people who have a lot of sex for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, it's none of my business. Well, yeah, I was And gonna... I'm not advocating anything. I'm just... I'm the college teacher here. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, the students. Well, the weird thing, and it gets back to the whole power trip part of it, is if you're Harvey Weinstein, like the most powerful person in Hollywood... You could legitimately date and have sex with as many hot young women as you wanted to and change them once a week without having to do anything like really creepy or uncool, like it, watch me shower or come up to my room and my robe's open. Well, they right. just, they would, they would that, approach you. I'm sure they approach you at the restaurant. And while that is morally certainly questionable and something I wouldn't engage in, that's different from going full on perv yeah. and just showing I, them your schwanz. Well, it just shows you that he's got a different kink, though. He needs the right. power, he needs something else because he could just show up to the fancy hotel bars and women would come on to him all the time and he could choose which one he wants. So the, the extra mile of, I want you to watch me take a shower is just you're a sick, twisted bastard. Well, yeah, he's a perv. He's a perv. And not just a horn dog. A horn dog is different than a perv. He's a horn dog and a perv. Now, it's funny because I was spelling out my. Uh, my moral dilemma there, my, my which, which I was trying, I was trying to dig, study. I was trying to dig you out of. 
No, there's no digging needed. Okay. It's a fascinating question. Okay, I was going to show up to the meeting to defend you today, but and I, <laughs> I guess I won't. And I will look forward to uh, seeing everyone's email response, tweeted response, and uh, certainly... Well, you can just read them on the signs outside the studio when I start marching. <laughs> the text line, 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC, or email us, armstrongandgetty.yahoo.com. It is so difficult to engage in an intellectual discussion these days. But so <laughs> anyway, so I laid out my scenario, and then I was about to flip the coin, which would be a woman comes to me, movie executive, and says, "Hey, I'll have sex with you if you'll give me a part in the movie." You and don't my, even have to give me the part in the movie. My <laughs> my immediate reaction was, "Get away from me!" But you know that's. Because I just, I know, danger, danger, danger. Oh, yeah, I would I would be afraid something strange is going to happen out of it. Yeah, yeah. And and I know there are a lot of guys out there howling at the radios, what's the matter with you? Are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just seems, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's, I would uh, think something strange is going on. Right, right. You know, and I, it my, often is. In, in my experience, and Jack, you, you too have lived a life of various experiences. How innocuous was that? I tried to make it very innocuous. If something crazy happens to start a relationship, or there's crazy there, how often does crazy end? Oh, well, never. Right. It stays crazy. I don't need crazy. Let's go sell crazy somewhere else. We're full up here. Does Matt Damon come out and say something today about this? He's got to, doesn't he? I, I think he ought to. Does he say something on behalf of Joe for his meeting later? <laughs> Is he going to call into the management's? I'm not going to share the latest uh, Clinton rumor. I'll explain why. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, you guys, today is Columbus Day. I read, I read that some cities are observing Indigenous Peoples Day instead. While most people said, call it whatever you want, as long as we get a mattress for 30% off. That's all we really get. It's I, an Italian-American pride thing, Jack. you got to remember that. Is Columbus it, Day. It is. Is it? Is it? Um, it is. I, it is. It's, it's a huge thing. It's a dumb holiday. Well, well then, then have as much pride as you want, but it doesn't need to be a national holiday. Um, my, Why don't you find a saint like St. Patrick? Who's against that? No one is, boyo. That's uh, Irish Pride Day or whatever, and we don't banks don't close or nobody takes a day off or anything like that. For Saint Patrick's Take the day, day off and get drunk. Um, um, I forgot to ask my kids about Columbus Day, and but they didn't bring it up. I mean, they didn't come home with uh, you know arrows in their head. I was an Indian today, or any of that stuff like we did when we were kids. So um, arrows I'm, in their head. I mean, uh, a feather in the head, ah, in, the, in the hat. I see. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I don't think they probably. I don't think it probably even got mentioned at school Columbus Day, and it was huge when I was a kid. Huge deal. You'd read all about it and sure, the act out of play. Right. Settling the vast, uncivilized, war-torn continent. The uh, the savages in the uh, the phraseology of the time. So here's what I did wrong, just to pay this off if you were waiting around for it. Um, I teased that there's a new book out about the Clintons, and Bill is really mad at Hillary, and they aren't speaking over her new book, blah, 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 by this guy Ed Klein, who's a respected journalist, I was getting him mixed up in my mind with Joe Klein, who ah. is a respected journalist and writes about the Clintons a lot. Yes. Ed Klein is not a respected journalist and has written about the Kleins a lot. And about a, the Clintons. A, a conservative in the National Review once wrote, folks, there are plenty of arguments against Hillary Clinton, her policies, her views, her proposals, and her philosophies. This stuff ain't it. Nobody on the right, left, or center ought to stoop to this level. 
So, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not going to. I won't pass along that stupid book because a lot of people make money off of writing that crap, and it just doesn't do anybody any good. Uh, stooping uh, helps your flexibility sometimes. Well, if you just want stuff that's made up, I can make up something right now. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> this sounds awesome. <laughs> What's the point of that? I'm not sure we'll get anything out of it. Um, is it against the law to use the wrong gender pronoun in California now? It is. It certainly seems that way. Now, um, the headline is, and this is the headline from Fox, which plays into this. New California law allows jail time for using wrong gender pronouns. Sponsor denies that would happen. And the sponsor is, I believe we were talking about him yesterday, uh, Mr. Weiner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the left of Trotsky. He's a communist. Um, who is behind the bill. The The sponsor, Democratic State Senator Scott Weiner, has argued... Social justice Weiner. He's argued that nobody's going to be criminally prosecuted, and this is just scare tactics by people who oppose LGBT civil rights. But if you read the bill, it sure sounds like this could happen. The bill itself, itself is aimed at protecting transgender and other LGBT individuals in hospitals, retirement homes, and assisted living facilities. The bill would ensure that those facilities accommodate transgender people and their needs, including letting them decide which gender-specific bathroom they prefer to use. It, the quote is, It shall be unlawful for a long-term care facility or facility staff to take any of the following actions, wholly or partially, on the basis of a person's actual or perceived Sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, or human uh, or, or HIV status, the bill reads. Uh, among the unlawful actions are willfully and repeatedly failing to use a transgender person's preferred name or pronouns after he or she is clearly informed of her preferred name or pronouns. Certainly sounds like it's against the law to me. Well, yeah. And if you violate the law, you'll pay a penalty. Yeah, the law states that if provisions are violated, the via- the violator could be punished by a fine not to exceed $1,000 or by imprisonment in the county jail period not to exceed one year. Never happened, but yeah. So if I declare I'm a woman and you repeatedly refer to me as Joe and not uh, my new uh, my new moniker, which will be, uh, I think I should be a Tiffany. Um, if you keep referring to me as Joe or not, how about Mercedes? I want to be oh, Mercedes. Yeah. Well, well, even uh, and, and you keep calling me Joe and he, and and he and Joe. I'm I'm angry and I am going to have you prosecuted. Well, yeah, but if you if you if you work in there and you help somebody, can I help you, sir? It's ma'am. I'm a woman. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I mean, if you you're a real jerk, if you just keep going with. And now jerk is uh, is illegal in California. Well, I, I don't if know. it's somebody uh, who's got the the gender bending. Thing I don't going know on. what. Sh- how do you, how would you get that solved? I what don't know. What if somebody's the- especially tall and you keep calling them stretch or ask them <laughs> if they played basketball? That's being an idiot too. It's it's stupid. It's annoying. I don't. I just. I don't know. <laughs> you people trying to build a utopia by by having a law for absolutely everything. Well, and I am absolutely against that sort of rudeness. Because that's rude, and it's it's unkind, and it's stupid. But that doesn't mean there needs to be a state law. But what if the, uh, if since it's perceived gender identity, and I'm told that that can change, right, on a day-by-day basis? Oh, yeah. Actually, there was a scientist who just did a big published study on uh, gender reassignment regret and how that's skyrocketing, and he's been drummed out of academia. Nobody will talk to him. They want him to be fired or whatever because he dared to go against the grain of political correctness on this stuff. So, yeah, it's become more and more acceptable to say, you know what, I think I'm, oh, I, I'm, uh, I'm actually a guy. 
as a gal or vice versa because you have emotional problems and you're thinking, wow, maybe that's it because it's everywhere. And then people realize, oh, wait a minute, that wasn't it. I have other issues. And so, whoops, never mind. Um, and that sort of thing's on the rise, too. But nobody, you know, on that side of the issue wants to talk about it. My my only concern, I think as adults, we can all we'll all work through this and everything like that. I, it does bother me when it gets into the into the schools, because if my kids at the very young age, it's put into their head. You might feel like a boy some days and might feel like a girl some days. That's kind of I can't even imagine what I would have done with that information as a five year old or a seven year old. I'm telling you, I was talking to Judy about this yesterday as we we're uh, discussing various issues that affect various people who we know. Um was everybody in the closet back in the day, you know, not too many years ago, 20, 25 years ago? I mean, because I know there are a handful of people I went to high school with who've come out. You know, that's no shock, um, but nobody knew at the time. But was all the, like, transgender stuff and all, was that all just in the closet? Or did and everybody it, was passing. Or has something changed? Well, right. There, there, the, the, did autism always exist at the level it did, and they just started recognizing it's there? Or did something change? Well, I think most people believe something changed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why couldn't have something changed around this issue also? Right. Do we have any uh, learned commentators who, who has a theory on what's a gay bomb? Uh, anybody? Anybody paying attention to the show? Apparently not. Uh, In our biology or whatever. I just, I think, you know, there there are tremendous numbers of hormones in food, and it's been documented estrogen drinking water from all the Mm -hmm. birth control pills being flushed down the toilet and everything like that. I just, I think we're altering uh, humanity in, in some ways. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have definitive proof. And, and for the record is, you know, for new listeners, we don't hate anybody around here. We love everybody. We don't care who you are or who you love or whatever. It just doesn't matter to us. Was this just virtue signaling, or is this a problem where uh, people will refer to someone as a he even though they request she? Does that, oh, that happen it's, very it's often? virtue signaling. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. That's what I'm saying. Timing. It's the key to comment. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a Christian man. I shouldn't have said that. I, I lost my temper there. Two-thirds of the frogs down in Houston are bisexual. That's right. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Wildfires still burning fast and furious in California, up to 120,000 acres burned so far. We've got Trump ramping up his feud with a top GOP senator, Little Bob Corker. And big news in the world of alt sport about the 2017 wife-carrying championship. Coming Uh-oh. up minutes from now, Armstrong and Giddy. He didn't lo- uh, launch a, a little on Bob Corker, Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, boy. I just noticed last night in a shot where they were together that he is a very short man, Bob Corker. All right. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. All right. Talk to our old pal, Tim Carney, uh, coming up here in a little bit. Tim Carney's a good dude. We like talking politics with him. Just kind of the state of where things are. For instance, what Marshall Phillips has. Marshall? President Trump escalating his feud with a key Senate Republican today. In addition to calling the White House an adult daycare center, Bob Corker unloaded on the president during an interview with the New York Times. We could be heading towards World War III. The president tweeting, the failing New York Times set little Bob Corker up by recording his conversation, was made to sound a fool, and that's what I'm dealing with. 
And when he said little, it's L-I-D-D-L-E, little. Wow. Bob Corker. An extra demeaning spelling. Yes. But so he's going with the he's short, so I'm right, and he's yep. wrong. Yes. <laughs> which, yes. Which, Time honored. Which worked when he was running for president. Well, the paper insists both Corker and his staff knew the senator was being recorded. Former White House aide Steve Bannon weighing in, saying if Corker is any honor, he'll resign now. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are pointing this out. Yeah. Uh, so Corker goes out and says this and says, you know, everybody in our conference are... The, the Republican side, we all know what we're dealing with here. And nobody's come out in the last 48 hours and said, I don't agree with Bob Corker and what he said. Nobody has said that. <laughs> They're busy. It's, it's, it's a tough work being a senator. Nobody. They just they just let it hang out there for a couple of days. Jay Carney of the Washington Examiner to discuss this and other matters in a moment or two. And maybe Tim Carney will come on with him. Absolutely. I hope so. I'm just I'm giving up. I'm just going to call him <laughs> Mr. Carney here on out. California Carner. California on fire. We got 20 wildfires burning right now. At least 11 people killed. More than 100 missing in Sonoma County alone. 1,500 homes and businesses destroyed. This uh, man tried to save his parents' house only to see it get burned to the ground. I pretended to go, and then I turned around and came back. Why? Why would because you it's my folks' home, and I'm not going to sit here and watch it burn without somebody trying. And in Southern California, got more than 5,000 homes evacuated in Orange County. The Canyon Fire 2 grown to 7,500 acres. Santa Ana winds died down a little overnight, but they're expected to pick back up today. I, I see this a lot. I think you get a lot of 20-something journalists who've never owned a home and never had a family they raised in a home who don't understand why anybody would, would care that their home burned up. Sure. Well, you've never right. had a bunch of stuff. And kids and kids' rooms and their stuff and all that sort of thing. You've never had that. So you don't quite understand. Well, you might not be so willing to just say, ah, what do I care? Like you would with your apartment, for instance. You don't give a crap about it. And in the world of alt sport, congratulations to Jake and Kirsten Barney. The Virginia couple were winners of the North American Wife Carrying Championship in Maine. The annual contest requires husbands to carry their wives on their backs or shoulders through an obstacle course that includes log hurdles and a mud pit. Oh boy! This the, still happens. Sorry, in, honey. <laughs> this still happens in the United States. The winner taken home five times the weight of his wife in money. Wow! wow I like that. So wow. if you can, you know, pilot a hefty <laughs> wife through there, you really do well. The bar- when you show up with some little pixie, <laughs> right. Right. you got an advantage. Right. But yeah, yeah. The Barneys could now compete in the World Wife Carrying oh, Championship boy. in Finland in July of next year. Yeah, so there's there's no incentive to have, you know, just find yourself some 75-pound woman to marry. And... Well, it's still a timed obstacle course. You're increasing your, your chance right. of winning the right. heavier. But the amount of gold you get or whatever it is. Right. <laughs> yeah, on the other it's hand, you know, if, if... if you pass out halfway through the course, you get nothing. <laughs> right, right. If, you know, your wife's a bit of a, a, a big gal. Um, you're never going to win, so you're never going to win anything. So it's it's tough calculation. Yeah. There you go. Are there guys who are like, they got a 75-pound woman, they got a 110-pound, 130-pound woman, and they're thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? And choosing their lives like that? I wonder. That's your news. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show. The voice of the West. I'm sorry I can't marry you. You're just too big. I'm 111 pounds. I'm looking to make a run at competitive wife carry. (laughs) We're not going to discuss this with Art Carney when we talk to him coming up in just a few minutes. I'm sorry, that's Tim Carney. Um, County Fair Carney. We probably will discuss little... Bob Corker and that whole thing. It's little with an apostrophe. 
which is just made up. Wow, 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 wow. And they were they were friends. Yeah. Corker went out on a limb to support him. He was the first serious senator to support Trump. Right. That gave him the you know, some heft. So we'll talk to Mr. Carney coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Senator Bob Corker is continuing to escalate his feud with President Trump, telling the New York Times that Trump is on the path to World War III. Said Trump, I have bone spurs. <laughs> I can't go to World War Three. I have bone spurs in my foot. Oh, you've got to get me out of this. It's my right foot. No, my left. It doesn't matter. Oh, I can't go. My feet. It's my feet. They're all wrong. That's an interesting angle for you. That was a uh, Vietnam deferment. Uh, wisecrack. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. And the Corker-Trump battle has escalated this morning with Trump blasting him with a little Bob Corker tweet. Little I L I D D L E apostrophe. Hmm. Tim Carney joins us. Tim's a commentary editor at the Washington Examiner and a visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Tim, welcome. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Uh, excellent. Normally, the apostrophe indicates either possession or a contraction. L I D D L E apostrophe. Do you have any idea what that is contracted? Um, considering this man's superior IQ, I'm not going to second guess. His True. Side. Better than Tillerson's, better than yours, I'm guessing. Hey, so we're yeah. just just kind of wondering where we are now. Is is Trump, uh, is Trump, <laughs> had, you know, and this is worth remembering. We are nine months into a four-year oh! term. So, so this is going to go somewhere, right? Are we going toward a president that is just not even connected really at all to the Republican Party, to the extent that he ever was? And it's just running independently and then trying to craft legislation with a little of this and a little of that. Is that where we're headed? I think it's, it ebbs and flows, as you, uh, as you pointed out correctly. He is not in any essential way connected to the Republican Party. He made it very clear during the primary he, was, he would run as an independent if he had to. Sure. He became a Republican in recent years, um, you know, like a, a handful, you know, Mike Bloomberg, a handful of other politicians have done, and that his attachment to it was an attachment of convenience, much like his marriages at least his first two. And so what we've got going on here is not a, any permanent break from the party, but a repeated establishment of independence, an assertion that he doesn't need Bob Corker, he doesn't need Mitch McConnell, and he certainly doesn't need Paul Ryan. That's what I think is going on. So you will see them working, him working together with Republicans again in the future. This is not some you know burning bridges behind him thing, but it's clearly him showing he doesn't feel any essential attachment to the GOP. Worth pointing out, when you, since you mentioned burning bridges, he played golf with Lindsey Graham yesterday. Lindsey Graham tweets out, great day with Donald Trump, he shot a 73. I mean, he has said some awful things about Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham said some awful things about him. So there you go. I mean, things get healed very quickly in the world of politics if you got something to receive from it. So I just thought I'd point that out. That yeah, this Bob Corker thing seems crazy. Now they might be playing golf saying nice things about each other a month from now. Who knows? That, I think that's exactly right. So the, to see it as a permanent break would be an error. To see it as Trump knows he has the power and knows that he can get away with abusing other people, I think that's the way to read it. Hey, Tim, what do you think of the state of the Trump movement at this point with Bannon gone and Gorka gone and and there was another uh, high-level uh, uh, departure? Uh, are, are the people still out there in large numbers? What do the polls say? What do you think? So it was never a movement that's too sort of cohesive of an idea. The, it was this sort of broad 
populist almost fervor, uh, a sentiment. And when we look at the policy issues, he hasn't accomplished much on immigration, which was obviously the top, uh, the top issue. Uh, he certainly hasn't brought the factory jobs back. But to some extent, has he been doing the the stuff that a lot of his voters wanted him to do, which is to pick a fight with the other guys to wage his sort of low culture culture war? Yes, he has. He just was tweeting today at some ESPN uh, hostess and picking those fights and Pence walking out. So for a lot of it, he's doing what he wants to do. The problem is this. The Trump electoral coalition doesn't just consist of Trump's core supporters. It consists of Trump's core supporters who want the culture war, some immigration voters, some people who will vote for any Republican, some people who just couldn't tolerate Hillary being the president, and that uh, he's not delivering much for those other groups. Well, I think we're nine months in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. nine months there, yeah. And he gave Gorsuch, and that, that might be enough for some people. But when you lost the popular vote, when you barely won Pennsylvania uh, and Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin, you don't have – you can't afford to lose a significant portion of one-third of your coalition. Yeah, I'll absolutely grant you that. Tim Carney online, commentary editor at Washington Examiner. I don't understand the calculation. I keep hearing this, like, uh, seems to be common theory among people who follow politics. Trump wants to get tax reform through. He's got a narrow uh, margin in the Senate, and now he's going to lose Bob Corker by angering him. Would that happen? Would Bob Corker not vote for tax reform that he likes just to stick it to Trump? That doesn't seem that likely to me. No, and if it does, then we have to recalibrate yeah. whom we're calling a baby here. Yeah, exactly, think, exactly. And, and the mainstream media has been acting like that's obvious, that Bob Corker yeah. won't support his tax legislation over this. Well, that would make him the petulant one. They're bad at their that's jobs. Right. I think John McCain is likely to behave that way. I don't think uh, Bob Corker would be. I think, again, Corker, if he thinks tax reform is good, will uh, will think that that's more important than what names uh, what names Donald Trump called him. And if he doesn't, then again, I hope that <laughs> that it's not just Trump who's being called petulant here. I hope that that the uh, that the attention turns on anybody who's going to cast their vote based on who said something mean about them. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I can't get past <clears throat> the fact that we're nine months in and and it's already exhausting. But, you know, assuming that uh, the gentleman serves out the rest of his term, I mean, there's there's a hell of a lot of time for a lot of things to happen. Sure. I mean, from the perspective of his core, and as you point out, he's got to have more than his core, but from the perspective of his, of his core to announce, listen, Doc is ending unless you give me a serious deal on border security. Your move. I mean, that is accomplishing something. That's calling D.C. on its uh, do-nothing, uh, you know, uh, uh, highfalutin rhetoric, but no action crap. So they're happy about that. No, and I think that's good. I think uh, there's a handful of places where, you know, on on some of the foreign policy stuff, I think he's he's off the he's, – he's too – um, cavalier with his tweets about North Korea, but on a lot of the stuff, he's been both sensible and strong on foreign policy. On the immigration stuff, to say we got to get real border security, preferably a wall, in exchange for you guys getting what you want on the DACA. If he pulls that off, that'll be a real accomplishment. But I think the author of The Art of the Deal hasn't learned how to deal with people 
who aren't just trying to make money, who actually have political careers and maybe even policy preferences. Tim Carney, commentary editor at the Washington Examiner and visiting fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but fortunately, we have three years and three months at least. <laughs> Tim, it's always great to talk to you, man. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, there's a major change in the timeline of the Vegas shooting that yeah. came out yesterday. What does it mean? Uh, if you haven't heard that, it's coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.